Welcome to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Sports Rap, right here on Heat 100 Radio. I'm sorry, I'm a little getting a little ahead of myself today. Now, uh, like I mentioned in that little intro I just did a few seconds ago, there's a lot of things that we are going to need to get to today. And we're definitely going to talk about the NCAA bracket. We're going to talk about the Sixers. We're going to talk about some Joel Embiid issues. And we're going to talk some other NBA stuff and a bunch of other things that are mixed in, that will be mixed in. So with that being said, we are going to get right into it. And we're going to give you some scores, some news, and some updates as we always do. But we are going to definitely get you some scores first. Uh, we're going to start with the NBA. The Grizzlies uh, fall to the Thunder, 128-122. The Jazz fall to the Warriors, 131-119. The Sixers destroy the Spurs at home, 134-99, in the return of fans to the arena. So that was a good thing to see. The Sixers make a very, very big statement um, and satisfy the fans on their first time in the building in a little over a year of being in that building seeing live basketball so that was a great showing for them the heat defeat the magic 102 97 cleveland uh falls to the hawks 100 to 82 the celtics blow out the rockets 134 to 107 the blazers fall in a barn burner to the t wolves 114 to 112 the clippers fall to the pelicans 135 to 115 and the toronto raptors fall to the chicago bulls 118.95 moving on to your nhl scores for sunday the wild defeat the coyotes 4-1 the hurricanes defeat the red wings 2-1 uh the islanders beat the devils 3-2 the stars beat the blue jackets 2-1 the avalanche beat the Kings 4-1, and the Maple Leafs fall to the Senators 4-3. Also, I'm going to give you some Major League Baseball scores, and I'm going to have to get back to you with one score, as I see I missed that in my notes. But nonetheless, in the rotation for spring training basketball, baseball yesterday, the Red Sox and the Twins fall go to a tie. Now, just remember, people, this is spring training baseball. So some of these games, you're going to hear these scores will be tied. So they do end in ties. It's nothing to really worry about or be in, have any concern about, but it's just spring training baseball. The Rays uh, fall to the Braves 8-7. The Nets are blanked by the Astros 5-zip. The Phillies get one up on the Pirates 6-5. The Orioles fall to the Tigers 5-1. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays 5-1. The Cardinals fall to the Mets uh, 7-5. The White Sox blank the A's 1-zip. Colorado Rockies fall to the Rangers 3-1. Another tie in spring training baseball. The Angels and the Cubs in that game with the tie at 1. The Padres put up 10 on the Reds. They take that 10-4. The Brewers and the Mariners are in a close one. The Mariners take that 5-4. The Giants and the D-backs. Giants take that three six to three so those are your scores and your updates for the major league baseball nhl and nba from yesterday so 
we're going to move into, as we always do, into our news and our updates, and we'll get to that right now. So, the have to also again report the passing of Marvin Hagler, who passed away over the weekend. Sorry to hear that. One of, if not the best uh, middleweight champion, classic fights um, that you saw from him. So, condolences to his family, and may he rest well. Duke could still be a possibility to play in the NCAA tournament if they're selected, and we'll talk more about that when we get into our March Madness segment of the show. Estrada takes a split decision in a war in a war with Chocolito. Uh, Carmelo Anthony passes Hakeem Olajuwon for 11th on the NBA scoring list over the weekend. Uh, Rick Pitino takes his fifth team. Rick Pitino takes Iona to the tournament in his first season there, which I believe is his 15 that he has coached and taken into March Madness, into the dance. UFC, Edwards and Muhammad was ruled no contest after an eye poke. Um, Edwards apparently or allegedly accidentally poked Muhammad and it was ruled a no contest. There was a high school announcer who blames his racist remark on a sugar spike. Now, I didn't really get a lot of info on this, but I heard about this on Friday. And I kind of didn't want to bring it up because this issue, and once I heard the ridiculous uh, reasoning for him attempting to give us a reason why he made those comments, which I thought were ridiculous anyway. So I don't didn't really want to get into that much because, like I said, it, the comment that he made and his reasoning for giving those comments with the sugar spike, it really bothered me, and I didn't really want to get into it in detail, so I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, A-Rod and J-Lo are disputing reports of their breakup. We'll definitely have to get some more info on that. Nate Phillips, thanks for watching and tuning in. Uh, rumor mill is, surround, is floating around at the WNBA could be bringing a team to the Philadelphia area, which I think would be a great thing for the Philadelphia area. Um, it's been long served and long awaited that we would have in that WNBA team here. Um, then we would have two professional basketball teams in the area, and I think that would be great. I think that would be something um, that people would look forward to, people would be entertained with. So we'll hope that they uh, get that done. Um, also in the news, the WNBA is celebrating their 25th season, this upcoming season. And they are also set to introduce a new logo and uniforms as part of their Counted campaign. So that's good to see them progressing and wanting to do some things with changing their logo and adding in um, new uniforms to the WNBA. Uh, my hopes are that in the WNBA with the uniforms, they will go back to when they first started with the actual team names being a little bit more prominent on the uniforms. Um, as you've seen in the last couple of years, the uniforms have been mostly advertisements. And if you really didn't follow, you kind of didn't know what teams were playing. So we'll see um, how they adjust that there. Also, over the weekend, Lou Drew Brees announced his retirement from the NFL. And it was a 
really good career for him. Uh, kudos to him. I hope that he can do some things involved with football and other facets of the game since he won't be playing anymore. But just real quick, to give you where his career stats are at the point of his retirement, um, as recently as yesterday announcing. Uh, passing yards, 80,358, which ranks him first right now. Passing TDs, he's at 571, which puts him at second. Uh, completions, 7,142, that also puts him first in that category. Attempts, 10,551, second in that quarter category. And completion percentage for his career, 67.7, which puts him second in that category as well. So as you see in one, two, three, four, five categories, uh, major categories, he is either first or second. So a stellar career for him. <laughs> I don't know about that, Nate. Um, it, it, believe it or not, if Tony Romo would just talk about the game, he's actually pretty good because he's a former player. Uh, he just gets sidetracked sometimes with the general conversations that they normally have in the booth. And some of the stuff that he says is, is really strange and really weird. So as long as Tony Romo is talking football and analyzing the actual game, he's okay. But that would also be great uh, to see uh, Drew Brees in that mode and that uh, in the competition as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. I'm sure that there has been some talk about that for him uh, going into that. And, you know, we'll definitely get a chance to see how that plays out. So, before we get into our NCAA tournament talk, there are some other things that we are going to definitely talk about. Uh, basketball, NBA 2021, Hall of Fame finalists were announced uh, last week. And these are, this is the full list of the 2021 finalists. Uh, Rick Adelman is, was as an NBA coach. Chris Bosh, Michael Cooper, Tim Hardaway, Marcus Johnson, Paul Pierce, Bill Russell, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Jay Wright, Lita Andrews, Yolanda Griffiths, Griffith, Lauren Jackson, and Marion Stanley are the list of finalists for induction into the NBA Hall of Fame for 2021. So, with that stuff being said, right then and that, we are not going to take a break real quick. We usually take a break in between us, but we're going to keep it rolling um, today. And I've got another issue that I definitely uh, want to talk about. Like I mentioned with the sports announcer who made a racist comment, and it was ironically, it was a girl's game. And I'm not going to tell you what he said. You can go find it on your own because it pretty much upset me, and then it upset me even more when he gave that BS reason for his comment saying that his was a sugar spike. I honestly am not buying that because a sugar spike, in my opinion, really wouldn't get you that far off of kilter to say a racist, to make a racist comment uh, like the one that he made. So I'm not going with that and again like I said I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's just ridiculous and it makes no sense that he used that or attempts to use that or is attempting to use that as his reasoning for that comment um and, and all 
in my opinion, that those feelings were there and it just came out and then he tries to cover it up um, using an illness in that way. So I'm not buying it. I'm not going through it. But on the other side, in the NBA, there's a player that plays with the Miami Heat. His name is Myers Leonard. Okay. Um, there was news and video surfaced on Tuesday of last week that he could be heard saying, you effing cowards, and I'm quoting, effing cowards, don't effing snipe me, yada, yada, yada. Bradley Day, thanks for tuning in, cuz. So, again, these are some anti-Semitic, uh, yeah, Nate, anyone who buys that opinion is is, is an idiot in themselves, right? It, and the idiot is just an understatement, if you will. So, Myers Leonard has, in his use of this anti-Semitic slur, has been fined by the NBA. He's been suspended indefinitely by the team. And again, you know, they're trying to clean it up and say that he was playing a video game and yada, yada, yada. You know, it, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And it's very imperative that these professional athletes or other stars when they're playing these games online, if you will. So you're communicating with other people and a lot of other people can hear you. So you definitely have to be mindful of what you say as, as we like to say, an average Joe. But even more so if you're a professional athlete or star of some sort. Uh, because it's going to come back and bite you in the you-know-what if it gets out. Okay? Um, this, and I quote, is his apology for these alleged uh, anti-Semitic slurs. I am deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream yesterday. While I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse, and I was just wrong. I am now more aware of its meaning, and I am committed to properly seeking out people who can help educate me about this type of hate and how we can fight it. End quote. He also says, and I quote again, I acknowledge in my own mistake, and there's no running from something like this. Uh, this is so hurtful to someone else. This is not a proper representation of who I am, and I want to apologize to the Arisons, my teammates, coaches, front office, and everyone associated with the Miami Heat organization, to my family, to our loyal fans, and to others in the Jewish community who I have hurt. I promise to do better and know that my future actions will be more powerful than the use of than my use of this word. End quote. Um Yeah, Nate, no no excuses for making that comment. The only thing is to do is doing is showing people's true colors. Absolutely. Um and people, like I said, if you don't believe it, it's still racism. I mean, we saw it, it came out uh, a lot more when Donald Trump was president, but it's still here. It was here before that, and it's going to be around after that, as we see in these two instances. But just that small stretch where Donald Trump was in office, it kind of gave a lot of racists a little bit more comfortability to be able to say things out loud or, or to have them want to say things out loud, which a lot of times and in a lot of cases they wouldn't say out loud um, 
otherwise. So this thing with Myers Leonard uh it is is disturbing because of everything that we've had with sports in the last couple of years, the things that we had, the issue we had with Deshaun Jackson and his comments while he was here and other things. And then just in general, in society, like I mentioned before we had our new president, how, excuse me, the racism was being more rampant and more out in the open. So I applaud the Miami Heat for immediately uh, suspending him indefinitely. You know, he was fined 50000 by the NBA, and he was suspended for at least two weeks, I believe, from the facility. But then Miami took it upon themselves. The Heat organization took it upon themselves. Yeah, you know, it, it's always an excuse. Bradley Day, thanks for chiming in. It's always, they always come up with some type of excuse when they get caught in the act. This is actually, it's actually true. Tay, what's going on, bro? So, this Myers Leonard thing, like I said, it, it's it's huge. And again, I applaud Miami for taking it upon themselves and suspending him indefinitely. Uh, we don't really know right now what that means for his future with the Miami Heat or the NBA, for that matter. But I'm sure that this is going to help him learn his lesson. Uh there was also, again, a great attempt by Julian Edelman, who wrote him a letter and offered to help him along the way in understanding his mistake and what he can do to try to correct that. And, you know, and, you know, now it's all up to Myers Leonard if he wants to take that help. And again, Julian Edelman did that same thing with Deshaun Jackson. He wrote him a letter and he talked to him and wanted to talk to him to get him get him a better understanding of his actions and how he can reprieve himself from those actions. So hopefully Myers Leonard can get to the point where he can get a reprieve and he will understand his actions a lot more clearer uh, from someone in that community, that Jewish community. But like I mentioned, although it was in a video game or on a live stream, again, as a professional athlete, you are in the limelight. So in the media, and I'm not saying this is me, and this is not my take on it, but if you look at, and generally speaking, you know what the job is of the media. is to bring the news, report the news, or if you're a writer, it's to sell newspapers. So in that light, like I mentioned, as a professional athlete, a star, things of that, uh, Nate says that's not enough. Take his game checks and donate them to the Jewish community. That could possibly be a thing, Nate, um, as well. But he was fined fifty thousand, so hopefully they'll use that fifty thousand to do something um, of that nature. But we'll definitely see uh, well how this proceeds and how this goes on and what the outcome is um, later on down the line. But again, if you're in that limelight, as we like to call it, like I say, professional athlete stars, the media's job is to report the news and if it's the writer to sell papers. So any opportunity they, opportunity they get where they can put the light on you in any type of way, excuse me, it's going to be done. 
especially or more so if they can get you in a negative light or paint that picture um, in a negative light. Uh, Bradley Day says, it doesn't matter where he did it, did it at. He is a professional athlete and must be more responsible for his actions. Absolutely, which is what I've been just saying for the last couple of minutes, Brad. Thanks for chiming in. But, again, as that professional athlete, like I said, in that limelight, you have to be extremely cautious in just about everything that you do because the media will run with it. And me here, as a member of the media myself, I'm giving it to you straight with no chaser. Um, Octavius Green said, the former president has said worse and almost got reelected. This country is sick. Absolutely. And again, like I mentioned briefly, because he ended up in office, if you will, for lack of a better word, that gave them the power or confidence. And I'm speaking of the racist entity within this society in this country. It gave them or felt like they felt like they had the power to say these things out in the open. So if they're saying them now in the open. Like I said, Donald Trump being in office for that four years just gave them the opportunity. It kind of opened the door for them to do it in public. And once they did it in public, we knew, and even before then, we knew that those type of actions were in and around us, especially if you're a minority. You know it, you see it every day, even if it's not directed towards you per se, you see it. And again, it just gave them the gumption, if you will, to bring it out in public. And that means that we knew if they brought it out in public now, when they felt they had the backing or the support, we knew it was there from the beginning. So there's no excuse for it at all. And again, I'm bringing it to you because it was a professional athlete and I cover sports here on the podcast. But it goes on all around this country. It goes on all throughout society. And again, it's just more prevalent and more accentuated when it is someone, which is like we say, in the limelight that does it, and then they get caught. So you have to be mindful of the things that you say. Even us as average Joes, if you will, have to be mindful of what we say because words can be turned around immediately and it can be taken out of context. And I'm not defending him saying his words were taken out of context. Don't get me construed here. Uh, I'm just saying that you have to be mindful of what you say. And again, if he said that then, then that means there was a little bit of it in him from the very beginning, if it came out. And then we backtrack a little bit and we go back to that reporter. Like I said, I really didn't want to do it, but it's kind of like the perfect time and I need to get it out and get it off my chest. That announcer in that young lady's basketball game uh, that made that racial comment and then you turn around and you blame it saying that or you try to use a spike in your sugar as the reasoning for those comments doesn't fly doesn't sit well uh i know people who have diabetes chris what's going on homie i i, I know people who have diabetes i've seen people that have had spikes on occasion and it just doesn't go to me or, or come to me as 
a spike in your sugar from what I've seen and the people that I've been around. I've never heard anyone have a sugar spike or anything like that and then make a racist comment. If you make that racist comment, that racism was in you from the beginning. And trying to say that it was a spike in your sugar that caused that, not a good look. Um, I think he just made the situation worse than what it was because you're an announcer. So people have seen you. People have listened to you. People have talked to you. And then you make that comment. And then again, you try to blame it on a sugar spike. Not a good look, sir. Definitely uh, not a good look at all. Uh, let's see here. We got some other comments. Octavius Green says, bro, when did society become so sensitive? Uh, he said, bro, they owe us back pay. Our entire time in this country has been one big racist slur. I agree. It, it definitely has. Uh, Nate Phillips comes in and he says he's a diabetic as well. There's no way in hell that sugar spikes make you say racist comments. Again, no excuse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, getting back to Octavius' comment, like he said, this whole country has been a racial slur. Yes, it has. And we've dealt with it and continue to deal with it today. And in our honesty, we are going to, we are going to have to deal with that for a long time, a long time continually. And like I said, we knew it was there, but it was a good stretch where all of these racist people didn't want to bring it out in the open. They would do stuff on the sneak if they were near you. That was, hence the situation we got with the Karens. You know, I'm just using these as examples. And so that means we knew it was there. If they act that way, we knew it was there. But again, like I said, the issue with Donald Trump being in office for those four years, they felt like they had opened the door. Um, they felt like the door was open for them to be public with it. And because he was president, that nothing would happen. And we saw how it took a turn for the worst towards the end of his his reign um, as as an elected official, unfortunately. And now they want to be sneaky about it again like they were before he was president, before he was elected into office, because they don't have that support. They're. And honestly, I feel it. It's a it's a fear in them now. After going through what they went through, where they felt like they had carte blanche to do it, uh, Bradley Day says poorly excuses. Excuse it. Show people the real feeling from the people now. It's more open. Yeah, like I said, and that whole reason, that whole four years when Donald Trump was in office gave these racist people a chance or an opportunity, if you will, to come out of their shell and do things in a lot, lot more publicly. And it's not going to stop, but I think now that they don't feel comfortable with the support and they feel that things are going to change with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in office. Now they're backtracking a little bit. And I'm not saying they're completely backtracking. They're just backtracking a little bit where they're going to go back in that shell and they're going to do things very sneakily, very sneaky, if you will. 
It's not going to be as much out in public as it will, as it was, you know, towards the end of Donald Trump's um, time in office. So for Myers Leonard's sake, and, you know, you take this whole thing into consideration and we talk about society and we talk about what's going on in society. Um, oh, Brad, definitely, I believe social media is a very, very big part of the racial um, activities that are coming out now. Because when there was no social media, it was hard. It was difficult. But now with social media being as rampant as, and as prominent as it is, like people like to say, you can be who you want on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You can be who you want to be until something catches up to you and then you get exposed. And then you don't know how to respond to it. So, yes, social media uh, plays a huge part in the entire situation, in my opinion. Yes. So getting back to what I was saying before I just read that comment, you talk about Myers Leonard, which if you take it for what it's worth, sounds like he could be in part of the Jewish community just on his name alone. And I'm not saying these are just my, I'm just bringing different angles to you of how things can be looked at or looked upon. And it's one of those things where you say, oh, Myers Leonard, that just sounds like it could be a person's name that is Jewish. And then he makes this anti-Semitic slur and it gets people in an uproar. And you have professional athlete, another professional athlete, once again, trying to reach out to him. But not making light of that with Julian Edelman trying to reach out to him. And he did reach out to Deshaun Jackson at one point as well. Where was this when everything was going on from the beginning all the way throughout when Trump was in office? There's hardly ever any athletes or any prominent figures who hear about some things. Um, like we saw the Breonna Taylor situation, the George Floyd situation, all of their senseless killings on unarmed African-Americans by police. Um, and in those situations, it took certain, certain people that took a stand and made a stand, i.e., um, and I commend Stephen Jackson, because it hit him close, he made a stand, and he's still making a stand and speaking on that. Uh, Octavia says, social media is dangerous. Be careful. Black ice is deadly. Slip up on social media can kill you. Yes, it absolutely can. And like I said, we don't know how this is going to play out for Myers Leonard. But again, getting back to my point, Stephen Jackson stepped up, and I commend him immensely for that in the George Floyd situation. But there was no other instances where people said, oh, well, let's write these police a letter or let's get to this police force and say, this is what we need to do. Let's show you some stuff. And it's mind boggling how now that this was an anti-Semitic slur involving the Jewish community, how it has come out like this. And it takes African-Americans to get angry 
aggressively angry, if you will, for people to see or even begin to maybe even think about what we've been through for an extended period of time. And again, they say you can never walk in our shoes because you're not us. So you'll never really know how it felt or how we feel about these types of situations. So we'll see what happens with uh, Myers Leonard, how this thing plays out with him. And leading me into my next point, we talked about these racial issues. We talked the last week about Shannon Sharp, who was African-American, making a point about Mike Tomlin, who was also African-American, and their coaching, his coaching hires or his lack thereof hires. And just to give you, you know, um, a backtrack of what was said then, it was stated that Mike Tomlin was uh, allegedly upset or disappointed with the NFL, with um, Eric Bieniemy not getting a head coach. He felt like he didn't get a fair shot. But then Shannon Sharp chimes in and he says, I'm not letting you off the hook because you're in the power to change that and you haven't done it. You haven't hired any African-American offensive coordinator or defensive coordinators. And the whole thing kind of blew up just a little bit. So with that, I came across another article. And it is in reference to, and it states that the NBA has a double standard and it is hindering black head coaching candidates. And it all came about when the Minnesota Timberwolves fired head coach Ryan Saunders uh, last month and made the rare in-season move to hire Toronto Raptors assistant Chris Finch, bypassing Wolves associate head coach David Vanterpool, who is black, and it renewed the conversation about the NBA's hiring practices for coaches. So, there's been a little bit of a change in the NBA, but this kind of ties in and it brings up a good point. Uh, you went, you fired Ryan Saunders. You had the associate head coach who played in the NBA who could help this team along. You went outside of the organization and hired another coach, another Caucasian coach to replace him. And it, it is not, giving a good image of the NBA and the hiring process of minorities. Uh, there was an instant instance, uh, I think a year or two ago with the Dallas Mavericks. And now that has since been corrected, but it's been corrected by an African-American female. So I somewhat applaud Mark Cuban for getting the message and getting the picture and giving her the power to correct what was going on in that organization. And he brought in an African-American female to handle those things. So I commend him a little bit for that. Um, it, it's really difficult, you know, within the NBA because you do have some black coaches. Um, and our coach here in the city of Philadelphia right now, Doc Rivers, African-American player in the NBA, championship winning coach and ironically he won that in Boston so think about that for a second he won his championship in Boston as a coach he moves on to LA and we know that situation with the ownership base there in LA or the prior ownership base there in LA saw how that played out and now he's here so 
there are very few African-American coaches, and Doc has done a great job. We'll definitely talk about that when we get to the Sixers talk uh, shortly. But, again, like we said way back when, these large conglomerates continually want to control the narrative. And if you look at Doc Rivers' staff, he has Sam Cassell on the staff, he has Popeye Jones on the staff. Um, he also had some other Caucasian coaches, which he felt would help him and what he had on the roster, what he was inheriting on the roster. So I have no no bones to pick there. But it's extremely difficult because they want to control the narrative. Uh, Nate Phillips says, do you think uh, people in, sport, in the sports community are hiring African-American men and women to save face? Yes, because there is a clause, if you will, within the NFL when positions open that they have to interview minority candidates. So again, they're not saying that you have to hire these candidates. And I'm sure there are instances where some of these African-American candidates are very qualified or probably or suitably qualified to take that position. But the stipulation is you have to interview one, at least one. So, yes, to save face, to keep the heat off of them, and again, to control the narrative, they are doing so. I mean, we saw Eric Bieniemy, in my opinion, should be a head coach this upcoming season. He had several interviews, but was not hired. I don't even believe he was actually offered a head coaching position. I'm, I'm, I know he was interviewed, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But again, for a coach of his caliber and what he's done in the NFL as an offensive coordinator, to have these interviews and not become a head coach is mind-boggling to me because he has shown and proven that he is definitely qualified. Now, there will be some instances where you're going to have some coaches who will have African-American coaches on their coaching staff. But in the NFL, it's not going to be many head coaches. And this just, again, kind of backs up uh, Shannon Sharp's point in reference to Mike Tomlin, where you, when I'm speaking of Mike Tomlin, is in that position to make that change. And these are some of the things I said um, a few weeks ago. He's in that position to make that change. Um, Eric should have gotten the Eagles head coaching job. I mean, I can see other jobs too, Nate. Thanks for chiming in. I can see other jobs that he could have had. But the bottom line is, again, controlling that narrative. And just getting back to my point real quick, um, Mike Tomlin, you really can't, you really don't have a leg to stand on in kind of downplaying what the NFL allegedly is doing if you're in the position and you haven't done anything different. And I'm pretty sure, or I think that's what, I feel like that's what Shannon Sharp was getting at. And he said he wasn't going to let him off the hook because if you are if you can sit there and say it and then you're in that position to make a change and you haven't done it, then what's the point? And you even speaking on it. You know, it's not a good look for you to speak on it. Like he, like he said, if you, have, if you are in that position and you have not done it yourself. 
kind of brings you back to that old cliche, practice what you preach. So if you're going to preach it, then you should be able to or be willing to buck the system and make that change if you're in that position to do so. That being said, folks, it is now 20 minutes to noon, 20 minutes till the noontime hour. We're going to take our first break. When we return, we are going to talk some Sixers, and that is going to definitely lead us into our NCAA bracket talk discussion because it's a real strange year this year for the tournament, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we return. Folks, you are tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio, and I will see you on the other side in just a couple of minutes. Uh, folks, welcome back to the second part of today's installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio and also live on Facebook in the group page and having some technical difficulties, so I will get this thing squared away in a few minutes and I will always, as always, alert you when we come back. But nonetheless, you can hear me here. If you get into the bio, you can get the link and you can tune in. So in the first segment, we talked about the racism in the society, the racism in sports. Talked about Myers Leonard in particular. We also talked about that racial slur that was handed out or dished out by that commentator in that girls game. And then he tried to blame it on um, it being a spike in his sugar, which I thought was complete and utter BS. So in this second segment, we're going to move on. We're going to talk some Sixers and we are definitely going to get into the NCAA bracket because it is March Madness. We had the selection show yesterday, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the bracket and some of the things and how there's a change in somewhat of the landscape of college basketball. And again, we didn't have March Madness last year, so it's a good thing. It's actually one of my more favorite uh, times of the year um, in sports and, and being a sports fan. So it's very, very uh, important that we discuss it um because of the weirdness and the things that have been going on in society we didn't have uh we don't have our full tilt here with these just have me here today and we usually do a full-fledged show on it but we are definitely going to take some time and talk about the bracket and talk about some of the changes that we have seen um in the tournament this year coming up so, first and foremost, to talk Sixers, we all saw what happened going back to the All-Star break with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons being unable to play or participate in the All-Star game due to contact tracing. Um, they came in contact with a barber, and they could not, who tested positive, and they could not participate in the All-Star game. So now we are back up live. I got the glitch fixed. So you can tune in. Facebook, the group pages, the Sports Web Podcast. So you can get there and get in on this. And they sat out. You know, they came back. Uh, fortunately for us fans, they did not test positive. They had consistent negative testing test results, which was great. Joel Embiid made his return on Friday against the Wizards. And ultimately, at about the 6.20 mark of the third quarter, 
He landed awkwardly on his left knee, was down in pain for a short period of time, got up, walked off under his own power. Um, early reports and most recent results, we are have been confirmed that there was no structural damage in that knee. There's a bone bruise, and he would be reevaluated in two weeks. So for him to be reevaluated in two weeks it is, is a good thing, um, if you will, because that means that he will get back into the flow of things anyway. So Ben Simmons made his return yesterday. So without Joel Embiid, the Sixers complete two blowouts uh, against Chicago and against the Wizards. Well, no, against the Wizards. And then again yesterday against the Spurs in Joel's return. And it looks like the bench is beginning to uh, take a shape of its own, um, beginning to come to some type of form where you can almost count on some of these guys coming off the bench. Um, looking at the Sixers' upcoming schedule, the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. We're looking at the Knicks tomorrow, the Bucks, the Kings as the end of the homestand. Then we go on a tough road trip. We go to the Knicks, to the Warriors, to the Lakers, the Clippers, and Denver. And it's looking like if everything goes well, Joel could be back. Um, earliest, I'm guessing, would be the... Lakers game, um, but I'm looking, shooting more towards that Clippers game, if you will, is where I'm really looking more to him returning. But again, like we said, the, the, the good news is that he will be able to return. Now, when I posted it, um, some of my friends, Chuck Bolger, was um, kind of jokingly saying bye-bye to the MVP. I mean, I can understand that um, the way that the politics are set up in the NBA and him missing those games. But it was an injury. Um, I think if he stays the way that he has been, he could still have, make a run at it, especially if the Sixers stay at the top of the uh, NBA East. He can, I think he can still get back in and make a run at it. And, you know, it looks like the coaching change is doing some things for, excuse me, <clears throat> the Sixers team. Although we have had a couple games where we should have won teams that we should have beaten against. The, we lost to Cleveland twice. But it's looking like now that this unit, and I'm talking about the family unit of players and coaches, in preparations and in practices and in film and things of that nature are now all beginning to be on the same page where teams that they should beat, they are beating. Um, hence the last two games with wins of 20 plus points. Um, and in, in actuality, yesterday's game against the Spurs was the biggest defeat in Spurs history, 35 points. So they are uh, making a point to beat teams that they should beat 
um, and they're beating them and they're beginning to beat them soundly as we expected them to, or we as as fans expect them to. You also have to applaud Tobias Harris, who, again, in my opinion, was snubbed from the All-Star game. And he now has a vendetta, and it's been quoted, and you can look that quote up if you want, where he says that he has a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to show all the teams, the coaches that didn't vote him in, and the media members that kind of downplayed him not getting in, he's going to show. And he said him and Doc Rivers are on the same page, and he told him that Doc is consistently saying to him, well, you make your name in the playoffs, and he's been doing that. Um, He stepped up yesterday, again, leading the team with 24 points, and the other guys are falling in line. I still believe that there will be a move or moves made. Um, As we get closer, we are 10 days from the trade deadline ending, from from the trade deadline coming. So I do feel, still feel like there will be a move or moves made. I just am confident that there won't be a move made just to make a move. If there's going to be a move made, it's going to be well thought out, strategically planned, and it's going to be something to make this team definitely better to go deep into the playoffs, um, hopefully into a championship run in the playoffs uh, coming up. We are still ahead of Brooklyn. You're still ahead of Milwaukee. And you look at these three teams, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Nets. The Nets have you know, just recently signed Brad um, and Blake Griffin. Um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they talk, asked me how did I feel about the Nets getting Blake Griffin. I said, um, as I have been saying all season long, even before the Nets got James Harden, when they were pegged with Kyrie and KD to be the leaders of the East, and the Sixers have been that for months now. Uh... I think we have, I haven't looked at the full tilt, but I think we might have one more game against the Nets, so I think we might have won that series against the Nets. And and, and don't give me the sometimes when uh, it would be the last time we beat the Nets, KD and Kyrie did not play, they only had James Harden. That's not our issue because if you look at it, we lost to the Nets without any of them. So before they made the trade for Harden. So you can't really blame it on that. Um, but getting back to the Blake issue, uh, I don't. I know that Blake is not the same Blake um, coming that he was, what was when he came into the league. He is on a downside, and maybe he can help them in rebounding. Maybe he can help them with some defense. But it's just a known fact that they play poor defense overall as a unit. And yeah, Brad, a win is a win, absolutely. And their defense just does not scare me. And what the conversation I had the other day, um, and when I was asked about Blake Griffin, I said it depends on what he can give them on a consistent basis. It also is going to boil down to the two guards who both need the ball in their hands. And I'm speaking of Kyrie Irving and James Harden. 
Um, I removed KD from that situation because I know KD can get his, and it's not an issue of him having the ball in his hands to be dominant. But watching as much NBA as I have and knowing what I know about those two guys, players in particular, those are guys that are ball dominant. And it's going to take one of those guys to seriously, seriously humble himself uh, down the stretch um, to see how that plays out. But again, I still say that they don't scare me because the Sixers play defense and the Nets don't play that great defense. Sixers defense is better. Uh, Bradley Day, again, chime in. He says, think the Sixers can make it to the finals but need to stay healthy in order to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, again, um, the big scare Friday, and we got over that scare immediately. So it was like by late, late Saturday night, very early uh, Saturday morning, it was put out that there was no structural damage, which was some of the greatest news that you can have if you saw the way that played out. Um, all in all, in that play, I think, that there should have been a foul called on that play as well. But there's nothing I can do about it now. I can just tell you how I feel about it. But it wasn't a foul call. And it was just all his weight went down on that knee. Another hyperextend, but he has a bone bruise. So he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. And like I said, I think with where I'm looking at, and I looked at the schedule, the next eight games, eight or nine games in projection, uh, on the road, it's going to be tough because we got the first games coming up on the road after the three remaining at home are the Knicks, the Warriors, and the Lakers. Uh, the toughest game within the next three, I think, is going to be the Bucks game. And that's, I think, a game that we really, really are going to need. Um, obviously, Joel will probably more than likely not be in that game, but we're going to need the other guys to step up. Um, I like the way that Ben Simmons played yesterday in his return. So hopefully that will continue. And again, I'm liking what Tobias is doing as a leader. Danny Green played a great game yesterday. Uh, Seth Curry is looking like he's getting his legs back under him and is performing like the Seth Curry that we thought we got in the trade. So I think they can sustain, especially with the coaching staff, uh, they do get a little bit of help back uh, from the G League and Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe, and Ray John Tucker. And just quickly, shout out to the Delaware Bluecoats. Um, shout out to my guys, Joe Richmond and Matt Murphy. Hell of a job that you guys are doing down there in Delaware with, with that G League affiliate. This season in the bubble, they made it to their first postseason ever and their first finals ever. So that's, a, a, in my opinion, a hell of an accomplishment on their end to make their first playoff appearance and then proceed that into their first finals appearance. So shout out to those guys down there and everyone that was on that team who played and got them in that position uh, to win and get to the finals in the G League. But again, you're going to get some help back and that playing has those guys in a rhythm. Uh, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, who played oh, amazing in the bubble and that has them in some rhythm coming back but they're still they're very young 
So you still need some help along the way to make this deep playoff run. And again, I, I, I have trust in Maury, and I think that something's going to be done. But again, like I said, I don't think it's going to be something that's just going to be a move because it's out there that they're allegedly looking to make a move or something. It's going to be something, like I said, well thought out, well planned, and very strategic to make the best of it, to get this team in the best position to pursue that championship. Um, as far as trade rumors and things of that nature with the Philadelphia 76ers, there's been a lot of rumors. Names have changed from week to week, from day to day. Uh, there has been a lot of talk about P.J. Tucker. And, you know, it was a lot of uh, executives saying or believing that either via a trade or buyout that they felt like P.J. Tucker would end up with the Sixers. There are other team names that have come up in the mix as well. Um, I saw something this morning where there was talk that they might have, Houston might have, might now want more than what they initially, initially it was, it was alleged that P.J. Tucker could have been had in a trade before a second round pick. Um, and I think because of the way things played out with the Sixers and their conversations with the James Harden issue or the James Harden trade, that now Houston is saying that they want some young players in return, which might not be the move. But they have also agreed to part ways with P.J. Tucker, who hasn't been playing. And that's the new thing now in the NBA. He hasn't been playing, so... He has played his last minutes in a Houston Rockets uniform. It's just a matter of if they can move him in a trade or will they end up having to buy him out. The other name that we saw, the big, the most prominent name was the Kyle Lowry. Uh, that would be a tough one because of the salary and what would probably have to be moved and what Toronto may ask for in return. Maybe, excuse me, some things that the Sixers right now will not want to part with um, as far as their young talent. There has been the most recent name was Will Barton uh, of the Denver Nuggets, who could possibly be had. There's also George Hill, the line right. So there have been names floating around that could possibly come in um, and help. And just... Real quick, you know, uh, things that possibly could be needed. They say an archetype or a shock creator. Um, and I'm just going to go through this fairly quickly. At the high end, they have Kyle Lowry as the main name there. And then they have some realistic targets in George Hill, who I like, Patty Mills, who I like. Um, and these are guys that could be realistically had by the Sixers without having to move too many of their intricate uh, pieces. Uh, Bradley comes in, chimes in. He says, we have to contain Giannis, and I think it could make a difference in the game. Yes. Um, I, I, don't, I don't – the Bucks don't scare me either, Brad, really. Um, I understand they made an improvement and got Drew Holiday, which was a good pickup for them, a solid pickup for them. But they still don't really scare me, um, especially the way the Sixers are playing right now. Um, a stretch big for the Sixers, 
and they're saying that the high end is uh, P.J. Tucker, and we just mentioned about that. Some other names um, at the time were uh, Nemanja Belica, Mike Muscala, Ersan Ilyasova, whose name can now be taken off because he has just recently signed with the Utah Jazz. Um, a two-way wing, and the most of the um, execs are saying that there's not one that does exist, but they're saying that, that a realistic target could be Terrence Ross of the Orlando Magic, who have suffered a plethora of injuries, and we definitely don't know how their season is going to play out um, down the stretch. But again, they have some realistic targets, and I'm sure they are in conversations with some teams. And we'll see what happens. But again, like I said, you can kind of take this with a grain of salt, and you, you can just listen to me and feel it the way I feel it. I think a move is going to be made, but again, it's going to be the right move. Like I said, it's going to be well thought out well and strategically planned to make an improvement on this team to push us deep into the playoffs. So Sixers return to action tomorrow night at home against the New York Knicks, the surging New York Knicks. But again, with what I saw in the last two games from the Sixers team, I say a winnable game as well. Like I said, I just want to get to that Bucks game because I think that Bucks game is going to be kind of a gauge where we are. And again, folks, don't forget, Joel Embiid is not lost for the season. We have a tough stretch, but we also have winnable games in that stretch before he makes his return. So we'll see how it plays out. Now, moving on, again, like I mentioned, one of my favorite times of the year in regards to sports Mars Madness is back with us. And again, we didn't have Mars Madness last year due to COVID-19, but we have it again this year. And there have been some major changes uh, within the past, within this season, where there are some teams, some prominent names who, like we like to say, are not dancing this year. Uh, if you haven't seen the bracket, I posted it, but the bracket is out yesterday. Yesterday was Selection Sunday, and there's no Kentucky, which is usually a mainstay in the NCAA tournament. Uh, teams with reputations and names of consistently being in the tournament had to fight again, and hence my favorite college team, North Carolina. They had to make a move. They had to make some strides uh, late in the season and in that ACC tournament to get in. And they luckily got in into number eight seed. Um, two local teams that got in, Villanova and Drexel. Drexel as a 16th seed because they won their conference. Villanova had a little shaky moment where there was concern that they could possibly not get in. So this is what I say when I mean the disparity and how things have changed. The four number one seeds this year, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois. It's been a while since we've heard from Illinois. Um, and great season for them, 23-6. and six. 
and they make it in as a number one seed as well. They're, it's just strange it's this year in college basketball. It's just been a strange year. Uh, and with everything going on, they even have replacement teams or had replacement teams. They had four replacement teams in the event that some team got some COVID issues and couldn't participate. Uh, those replacement teams were Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. Um, they have their first four once again, which was instituted a few years back. So in that first four, and these games will be played on Thursday, you have Norfolk State and Appalachian State playing for the 16th seed to go into the big uh, to the big pool and play against Gonzaga. You have Wichita State and Drake playing um, for the 11th seed to face off against USC. Then you have Michigan State, another name that's usually in the big picture in a playing game against UCLA, another name that's usually in the mix. Both of those playing for an 11 seed to go up against BYU. And then you have Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern uh, playing for the 16 seed to go up against Michigan in the official first round of the NCAA tournament. So I was asked uh, by a friend, and shout out to Chris Adams, who's always tuned times in and asked me questions about stuff that I post and things all along. He asked me, who did I like to win it? Uh, and right now, like I said, it usually takes me a day or two uh, to really get into it because I have to take my time and look at who's playing and take my knowledge of what these teams have done throughout the season to see. But I did mention to watch out for Gonzaga and Baylor. I, I am I'm very confident in Baylor. Um, I've seen them a little bit more than I've seen Illinois and Gonzaga. I am pulling for Michigan to go deep because of their situation with them hiring Jawan Howard, a member of the Fab Five, alumni of Michigan, and he's got them right back in. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm fan base pulling for them. Of course, I'm pulling for North Carolina. But I don't know if we win. I think they can beat Wisconsin in the first round, but it's going to be tough. I don't think they can get past Baylor, and I'm just being brutally honest. I would love to see them get past Baylor. But, again, I've seen Baylor on several occasions, and I don't think with the season that they had, I don't think that they can get through. But we know the NCAA tournament. Anything can happen on any given night or any given day. Uh, Georgetown, shout-outs to them. They got in as a 12 seed. Shout-outs to Patrick Ewing, who won the Big East uh, at Georgetown. So shout-outs to him. So there's another fan favorite. There are some other teams that are playing well. Um, shout-outs again to Chris Adams. His team, Syracuse, is in. You know, And then you have the other teams that usually get in Sometimes they make some noise, and then they start to fizzle out when the competition gets a little tougher. And we all know that these are all one-and-dones. 
So it's not like the NBA playoffs where you have a series. They're all one and done. Uh, you've got Southern Cal who made a statement to get back in. And like I said, there's no Kentucky who is usually a mainstay for the NCAA tournament. Uh, you look at what I said to you in the first four. Now, these are teams that are playing to get into the main bracket. You've got Michigan State and UCLA playing against each other to get in. You also have Wichita State, who usually is in the mix somewhere. They're in a play-in game to get in. Okay? So, you know, there's been a change, if you will, with the landscape of the NBA, uh, NCAA. And some of it was due to COVID. And some of it was due to the talent level that some of these schools were used to was not as high as it was this year. So, again, we look at this term. Like I said, we, we had the selection show last night. I actually have the bracket in front of me right now. But it's going to take me a day or two, you know, to fizzle through and see uh, how, what I like, how I like these teams. Uh, again, but I do say, although I have not seen much of Gonzaga, they ended their regular season 26-0. and So they're definitely a team to watch. I saw Baylor 22-2, and definitely a team to watch with their size and their coaching. So they are definitely a team to watch. Haven't seen much of Illinois, but again, they made a number one seed, so they are a team to watch. And Michigan, I saw some of them. And like I said, I love what Jawan Howard has done at the University of Michigan. So kudos to him again once more. So again, of course, the number one seeds are your teams to watch. Uh, with their most recent past history, I look at Villanova as a team to watch. Uh, as I'm going through, Arkansas is a team that can you can keep your eye on. Uh, Florida State. Oregon. Kansas has got in, and you can always keep your eye on them. Connecticut, Maryland was playing some good ball down the stretch. Alabama, a number two seed. Surprisingly, Houston, also a number two seed. So it's going to take me a little bit, you know, to really, really sit down and get through this bracket. Like I said, it was just put out yesterday. So I have to take my time because I want to do my homework and I want to get this thing right in my own eyes and make myself as comfortable as I possibly can with going through these brackets. And again, two local teams, Villanova and Drexel, shout-outs to them for getting in. And it's just a matter of bringing your A game, folks. We all know the excitement of the NCAA tournament, and I am super excited, like I said, because we missed it last year, and it's back this year. And I'm actually super excited because some of those, the way it played out towards the end of the season where it was looking like there were going to be more big-name teams who usually get in that weren't in. Like I said, I keep saying Kentucky is not in. There was some talk that possibly North Carolina uh, didn't get in. 
Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking. I don't see Duke, but I also reported that Duke had some COVID issues and that their athletic director said that their season was over. Uh, but then there was a report that they might play if they get in. But I am very, very, I'm looking over this very, very uh, slowly. And I don't see Duke on here. So there's two big names that are usually in the mix that are not in the mix right now. And that's Duke and Kentucky. Um, again, it's really been a strange year for college basketball. And then there has been some carryover from COVID-19. But like I said, some of these schools that are usual mainstays with their talent level, their talent level just wasn't where it usually is this year. And again, like I keep saying, it shows Duke, Kentucky. Talent levels were not there. Um, North Carolina also can be put in that that the expected talent level was not where they're used to it being. But they fought and got in late. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting. Like I said, things start up on March 18th, which is 15, which is, I think, Thursday for these play-in games. And they call it the first four now. And again, those are Norfolk State and Appalachian State. Wichita State, Drake, Michigan State, UCLA, who were the biggest two names in the first four, and then Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. So, <clears throat> excuse me. It's going to be fun. <clears throat> it's just it's going to be naturally fun just to get back into having an NCAA tournament in March. But it's going to be fun because, as always, there are going to be teams that you really don't know much about that you really haven't seen as far as a fan that will come in and surprise you and surprise some of these other teams as well. Um, another team I said, I think I mentioned them already. Oregon was a team to watch. I mean, look, Grand Canyon is in at a number 15 seed. You've got LSU into the tournament. Uh, UNC Greensboro has been in for a while. Uh, teams that are, looks like, Newcomers, um, Abilene Christian, uh, Oral Roberts, Eastern Washington, Rutgers is in. Uh, so that's another local, somewhat local team that's in that I missed in my um, looking over this bracket. Colgate, you know, so there are teams, North Texas, there are teams that you will want to take a peek at and obviously they're in for a reason and again like i said this is what makes it exciting because some of those teams that i've just named are teams that a lot of people probably have not seen on the national stage but you will see them very soon very soon on the national stage in this tournament so again uh, the first four is march 18th and the official first round of the 2021 ncaa tournament Begins on March 20th in the first round. So you know how to find that. There'll be games on all day. Unfortunately, for the late, for some of the ladies, some of those uh, soap operas will be cut out because of 
the time frames of these games, and you know how it is. There'll be games on starting at 12 o'clock, and they'll go up until the evening, to the early evening, or until like 9, 10 o'clock at night on most nights. But it's going to be fun. Um, it is definitely going to be a fun ride to get back into this NCAA tournament. And as always, I will keep you posted on the updates um, as I get them, as this proceeds. Like I said, I will have the scores and I will update brackets um, as they proceed through. And it's just going to be fun for the next week or so, week or two weeks, to see who, who comes out on top. And we'll definitely um, be watching. Like I said, but... Two teams that I know to keep your eye on, um, and because I've seen their play, not so much Gonzaga, but I mean they ended the season twenty six and zero, they're undefeated. Michigan and Baylor, like I said, Baylor is a team that I really think has a very very strong chance of going super deep, possibly making it to the championship game and winning it all, because they have size, strength, and coaching. And their talent level is one that's there. So we'll definitely keep an eye on them and see how this thing plays out. Right now, it's 1229, uh, 29 minutes past the noontime hour. I'm going to end a little short today because I've covered everything that I needed to cover today. Uh, thanks for everybody that tuned in. Again, Sixers return to action tomorrow against the New York Knicks. And right now I'm going to give you schedules for today for NBA, NHL, and spring training baseball once again. So we're going to start with the NBA. We have the Bucks facing off against the Wizards, the Kings and the Hornets, Spurs and the Pistons, the Knicks in the Subway Series against the Nets, the Clippers are at the Mavericks, the Pacers are at the Nuggets, the Grizzlies are at the Suns, and the Suns, by the way, have moved up to number two. In the Western Conference standings, the Lakers have bounced down to number three. The Clippers are now number four. So we'll keep an eye on that and see how that plays out. And finally, the Lakers are at the Warriors. In the NHL, we have the Islanders are at the Capitals. The Predators are at the Lightning. The Flyers face off against the Rangers. The Bruins and the Penguins go at it. The Blackhawks and the Panthers. The Canucks are at the Senators. The Capitals are in Buffalo to face the Sabres. The Canadians go up against the Jets. The Oilers and the Flames go at it. The Sharks are in Vegas going up against the Golden Knights. And the St. Louis Blues are in L.A. to go against the Kings. In spring training baseball, the Phillies will play the Yankees, the Pirates and the Orioles, the Twins and the Braves, the Marlins and the Astros, the Nationals and the Cardinals, the Blue Jays and Tigers, Red Sox and the Rays, the A's face off against the Indians, the Cubs and the White Sox, the Giants are against the Royals, the Reds face off against the Angels, the Padres and the Brewers go at it, the Diamondbacks and the Mariners, and finally the Dodgers will play the Colorado Rockies. Those are your schedules and your games for tonight. Again, Sixers tomorrow, then Thursday. We have the first four to begin the NCAA tournament. As always, folks, you know where to find me. Sportswrap, at sportswrap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. The group page, 
where I am live right now, Sports Bad Podcast on Facebook. You can also get me on iHeart, uh, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Sports Cat Sports Rap Podcast, and you will get feeds of our show if you miss it. You can also check out the webpage sportsrapradio.com. And please go to the bio on Instagram and on Facebook group description. Get that link. Chime in to Heat 100 Radio. Sign up so you get everything that's going on with myself, my partners here on Sports Rap, The Morning Rush, and everything Heat 100 Radio. There are a lot of mixes uh, that you can listen to that will keep you grooving throughout the day and the evening. And you'll be able to see what's going on with us all the time. Enjoy your day, folks. It's Monday, beginning of the work week. 43 and clear today. Weather is warming up. It's going to warm up towards the end of next week. So be prepared for that. And as always, be great on purpose. And I will see you all week on social media and right back here next week, live, 11 a.m. Sports Rat. It's your boy D. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks for everyone that commented and chimed in. And we'll see you next week. Thank you all.